Hello and welcome back to the PBS podcast, everyone. Uh, today, I am starting a new series that I'm calling Mental Health Minisodes, I guess you could say. Well, not I guess, that's what I am calling it. But basically, this series is going to highlight a bunch of disorders or mental health disorders that aren't talked about a lot and don't have a lot of like awareness towards them. And then I'm also going to highlight things that are disorders that are like really relevant and very much shown all over the media and stuff but I'm going to go into more like not so well-known facts and more honestly like reality of like someone who goes through depression and anxiety and things that aren't like so glamorous that we don't talk about I'm going to be going into that kind of stuff Uh, I do want to preface that I am not a professional the stuff that I'm going to give for like the educational piece of this is all from Mayo Clinic and the Cleveland Clinic um, their website on trichotillomania which is what we're going to be talking about today is trichotillomania, and I'm going to give you guys a personal experience and also some facts, answer some of your questions, um, really just bring as much awareness and like comfort to those that are dealing with this, and also bring some like empathy towards those that like who know loved ones that are going through this, uh, because I think sometimes we don't realize like comments do have an effect on other people, especially when, you know, our mental health like disorders or illnesses like end up manifesting into like appearance and sometimes people don't know how to handle it the right way or make comments that aren't going to highlight that part of us that we realize is portraying what's going on inside so yeah without further ado uh let's get started okay everyone so to begin this episode or begin this actual discussion around trichotillomania i'm going to go into educating you guys on what it is and then obviously in the next couple portions I'm going to answer some of your questions I'm also going to um, give you guys my personal experience with trichotillomania and dealing with it and how I'm in recovery and how we all slips and slides and whatnot so first thing I want to go over is exactly what trichotillomania is and trichotillomania um, according to Mayo Clinic is also called a hair pulling disorder It is a mental disorder that involves recurrent, irresistible urges to pull out hair from your scalp, eyebrows, or other areas of your body despite trying to stop. And hair pulling from the scalp often leaves patchy bald spots, which cause significant distress and can interfere with social or work functioning. I also want to say that as someone that deals with this, um, you will get patchy bald spots not just on your scalp if you're picking at other or pulling at other areas that have hair. So... Um, The next thing we're going to talk about is symptoms. So signs and symptoms of trichotillomania, according to Mayo Clinic, often include repeatedly pulling your hair out, typically from your scalp, eyebrows, or eyelashes, but sometimes from other body areas and sites and may vary over time, an increasing sense of tension before pulling or when you try to resist pulling, a sense of pleasure or relief after the hair is pulled, noticeable hair loss, such as shortened hair or thinned or bald areas on the scalp, or other areas of your body, including sparse or missing eyelashes or eyebrows, preference for specific areas or types of hair, um, rituals that accompany hair pulling or patterns of hair pulling, biting, chewing, or eating pulled out hair, playing with pulled out hair or rubbing it across your lips or face, repeatedly trying to stop pulling out your hair or trying to do it less often without success, significant distress or problems at work, social or in social situations, or school or in social situations related to pulling out your hair. So those are just what basically trichotillomania is and also some symptoms and signs that it could be that you see, like you might be able to point out that somebody's struggling and also symptoms that maybe you don't realize you're dealing with it and stuff. The point of me listing these things to you guys 
is so that you guys, people that are listening that have trichotillomania feel less alone and that it's okay to talk about these things and it's not something to be ashamed of and it also hopefully will help someone that is a loved one of someone who's struggling with trichotillomania be more empathetic and understanding and stuff of this or even if they know someone they love and they see them struggling with something that's they think is related to this they know how to handle it um and hopefully this can bring more validate them more i feel like too so yeah trichotillomania is different in the sense that it's something that I think some people just think is a bad habit but in reality it is a mental health disorder because it is affecting your life negatively or impacting it negatively in a bunch of different scenarios and I know one of the questions that I got from the like Instagram thing I had up on my stories was like what exactly are the complications of this like what is the you know what are the actual negative effects that they're gonna you know qualify it as a disorder uh, so I'm going to go through some of those, and this is according to the Mayo Clinic again, so it is professionally, like, yeah, <laughs> it's backed up. So the first thing is emotional distress it can cause, so it means many people with trichotillomania report feeling shame, humiliation, and embarrassment. They may experience low self-esteem, depression, anxiety, and alcohol or street drug use because of their condition. Uh, again, this also can bring about some bullying and stuff too because it's becoming manifested in your outward appearance. And I talked about that too, is like, we need to stop making comments on people's outward appearance and kind of just be like, okay, they're going through something. Or maybe like, that's just their style. Like, you know what I mean? We don't have to like make fun of them because something is different than maybe what we look like. The other thing too is problems with social and work functioning. Embarrassment because of hair loss may lead you to avoid social activities and job opportunities. People with trichotillomania may wear wigs, style their hair to disguise bald patches or wear false eyelashes. Some people may avoid intimacy for fear that their condition will be discovered. So again, it can cause a lot of social interaction issues and a lot of work issues um, as well. So that does have a negative impact on your life. If you're constantly stressing about something like that, obviously it's going to negatively impact you and it can heighten your anxiety and stuff. Uh, skin and hair damage. Constant hair pulling can cause scarring and other damage, including infections to the skin on your scalp or a specific area where hair is pulled and can permanently affect hair growth. So again, you're damaging your body in a different way. You may not realize it in the moment, but it does build up over time. The other thing too is that there's another disorder that if you eat your hair when you pick it, you get like hairballs. I'm not going into that disorder right now. We will get into, I think I'm going to do an episode on that one though. Um, But for right now, this is just trichotillomania is what I'm focusing on. The other reason that people don't understand when it comes to trichotillomania is that there are a bunch of risk factors it's not just you know you have stress this is how you cope with it because you know you pick at your hair it makes you feel a relief of sense and of sorts um there are other risk factors that people don't often talk about one of them being family history if you have a relative that may struggle with it but hasn't been diagnosed with it then you are at a higher risk of developing it the other thing is age you know usually between the ages of 10 and 13 is when it becomes a lifelong problem. When you're an infant, you may like pick at your hair and stuff or pull at it, but it goes away on its own without treatment typically. Uh, Also, if you have other disorders like depression or anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, you have a higher risk. The other thing too with obsessive compulsive disorder is that this trichotillomania is highly, um, 
I want to say it's highly compared to obsessive compulsive disorder or becomes a factor of it because it's so ritualistic and it becomes so automatic when we do it so often that we just do without thinking so it's like that obsessive part where like we have to have this like ritual and it's also compulsive okay so now i'm going to go into my personal experience with trichotillomania and i'm also going to kind of look at some of the stuff that the mayo clinic describes like i just went through like some of the educational stuff and kind of see if it's relevant to what i deal with or even correlates or if i think some of this does pertain you know to people or if it's just kind of too universal i don't know if that makes sense or too ambiguous uh so the first thing is how i came to develop it so i came to develop it um around stressful situations that's what mine you know risk factor was stress so it definitely was happening in my junior year of high school so last year but wasn't to an extreme extent like i saw my therapist like my previous therapist I have a new one now my previous one like brought up to me once when I mentioned that I was doing it but I wasn't showing it and that's the other thing too is this is why we stopped needing to put like an emphasis on like the physical appearance of someone like if you're dealing with it and maybe it's not so extreme as somebody else like I didn't have bald patches yet but I was still picking at my eyebrows then like I still deserved help and I didn't get it but she had mentioned it like once like said the word trichotillomania but I did not remember it um and it wasn't brought to my attention until, you know, I ended up getting to that extreme point where if you saw me in the fall of this year, uh, so in, I guess like the fall of 2022, my eyebrows were very much very thick in previous years, okay? And coming up on, you know, fall, I was going through the college recruiting process for running. I was dealing with, you know, postseason for cross country, my senior year, hitting the realization that I'm going to college soon, you know, all these things added up and I used like that as a coping mechanism as we deal with stress. And I ended up getting like a very large bald spot um on both my eyebrows that are like in the middle of my forehead, so like the beginning of them. Um they both had huge like bald patches. Like I was missing like half my eyebrow. And then also, like, my eyelashes, I started picking up my eyelashes. They didn't get to the same extent that my eyebrows did, but, yeah, you could, like, physically see it now. And I didn't have a word for it. I just thought this was completely normal. And I went up to my coach the one time and my friend, and I, or my teammate, and my friend, same thing. And I was like, yeah, like, do you ever just, like, pick at your hair, like, you know, when you're, like, super stressed? And they looked at me like I was crazy, and they're like, no, what are you talking about? And that's when I realized, like, oh this isn't normal like this is this is something that I'm dealing with it's not just a bad habit it's a mental health disorder and I do need help and I do want to get better yada 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 so fast forward then to me getting a new therapist in the in December so like yeah like right after my birthday because I turned 18 so I turned 18 December 1st and then right after like I could be with this therapist and they told me that they're like yeah, like, that is, you know, a disorder, um, but didn't give me a name to it, and then I met somebody who was dealing, or somebody who reached out to me through my Instagram, through Person Before Sport, and had talked about this, and I was like, wait, like, I actually, like, this is, this is, this is what they were talking about before, like, in years past, this is what, this was the disorder that my therapist had brought up, and then I realized, like, yeah, I have this, and I want to get better because this is not a healthy coping mechanism there's other ways that I can deal with stress anxiety tough situations and that doesn't involve 
um, I personally view trichotillomania as self-harm for me because I'm doing something that I know is hurting myself and will have maybe even future consequences, uh, especially if I, you know, do it so much that I end up not being able to regrow hair and stuff and different stuff like that, and it can have damage onto your skin. So I view it as a self-harm, and I think sometimes I have to say, like, yeah, this is like a form of self-harm to even validate that I'm struggling, and that's, you know, a whole other issue in itself that, like, if I'm struggling with something and I think I need help, I should get help. Um, But yeah. So that's kind of my personal, I think, story with it. Uh, right now, it looks a little better in my eyebrows, my eyelashes, but it's definitely not like it used to be. But I'm in recovery, and hair growth does take time. The other thing, too, I know we talked about, again, I'm going to go through the Mayo Clinic stuff, was that some people like to like use, like, um, they style the hair a certain way, or they use makeup, or they use fake eyelashes, or they wear wigs and stuff to kind of help cover it up for me personally I tried to do that when it got really bad especially during the winter time and because my eyebrows are really dark so I would get like obviously really like fair and stuff in the summer and on the summer in the winter time so you could like see it more or I felt like it stuck out more so I tried to you know pencil it in with like an eyebrow pencil and stuff and it looked like cartoon eyebrows like cartoon character eyebrows so that didn't work for me it just didn't work it didn't look right um and so I was kind of like, okay, I'm only putting, like, I didn't like how I looked with these cartoon eyebrow things that I was doing, but I kept drawing them on because I felt like, oh, I don't want people to know about this, and I feel ugly because I'm showing that I'm struggling, or that, not even that I'm showing that I'm struggling, but that you can see, you know, what's going on inside is now manifested in my outside appearance, and I was so ashamed of how I looked that I was, you know, doing something that my authentic self didn't want you know like that whole like drawing on the eyebrow thing that was not what I wanted like I did not think I looked good with it um and I would much rather just wear you know nothing and just be like okay it's there you know whatever I'm gonna get better it's gonna grow back but it's gonna take time I just have to realize that so yeah now I don't wear makeup I know for some people the makeup thing does help a lot with the coping and stuff um of the embarrassment and emotional stress that can come with it especially as you're going through recovery with it and you feel like you just need a little bit more that's totally fine you do you personally for me I just didn't like it but yeah another thing too is that like problems with social work and functioning or social and work functioning and like they might avoid certain situations and stuff for me I didn't avoid social activities or job opportunities but I did avoid getting my picture taken I did not like getting my picture taken because I did not like seeing that like that bald spot like it to me like obviously I think to anybody else that was looking like they I don't think they they might have noticed it but didn't have maybe I would hope they didn't have as much judgment as I do but I'd be like oh no like that's you look horrible like all this stuff such negativity so I didn't let myself you know get pictures taken that was hard or even like if they did get taken I didn't want to look at them so yeah the other thing too is the OCD factor of this I think is huge um I have not been diagnosed with OCD but I do see how this could be like very much a symptom of it or something that ends up coming after you know OCD recovery because it's like another way to kind of slip it in there because it's so ritualistic like for me personally like I just do it automatically sometimes like I'm in a stressful situation like if I'm at a math test my hand will immediately go to my eyebrow and want to start picking at it and it takes a certain level of 
rewiring your brain to not do that anymore. And that's why, like, again, I'm in eating disorder recovery. I'm in, you know, you automatically start going to these coping mechanisms because it becomes a habit. It becomes habitual because you're so used to doing it 24-7. It's like, oh, this is hard. I don't want to deal with these hard feelings. I don't want to deal with these hard emotions. Let me just, you know, pick up my eyebrow. Let me just, you know, avoid food which is not okay we don't do that anymore but you know those were unhealthy coping mechanisms that became so automatic for me that they are like a habit so breaking a habit and breaking you know an addiction even because I feel like this is like an addiction if it's unhealthy it's an addiction is so hard and that's why you know I think I reward people that are going through you know, recover from trichotillomania, recovery from, you know, being an alcoholic, recovery from whatever you're recovering from. It's so hard because you've been conditioned to do certain things for so long, but like now you're brave enough and strong enough to be like, I want to change. And you're, you know, you're going against these, you know, what do you call it? Conditioned, you know, responses to hard situations, you're going against those ones that you've conditioned into yourself and you're rewiring it. And that's completely hard. It's not completely hard. It's, it's, it's very hard to do. But it's it's amazing to see that you have so much care for yourself. So I think when you think that you are not doing well or you feel like you're a failure because you deal with certain things like this, like, look at yourself. Be like, oh my gosh, like, I made the decision to do that. Like, just showing up and saying that you want to change is, like, half the battle. So, again, like, this is kind of my personal experience with this, but I also just want people that are dealing with trichotillomania to realize they're not alone, um, because you're not alone, uh, and you deserve to get help and get better, and it's not something to be ashamed of, okay? Like, you know what? I think hair is overrated. My bald spots are not who I am. They're there because of my mental health, you know, my mental illness, but... I'm also not going to just try to be like hide it because I feel like somebody else is going to judge me for it. That's their own problem. You know, I'm getting better for me and getting better might mean I have to deal with some of the consequences that came for the, you know, self-harm. Yeah, but yeah. Next, I'm going to answer you guys' questions that you guys left on my Instagram stories. And then also I'm going to just highlight like a really cute voice message that I got from somebody that I know personally that I don't know, just made my day and I just kind of want to put it out there because they're so, they're such, they're they're such a nice person and I just want to highlight them. So yeah. Okay. So for the next portion of this episode, I'm going to answer some of your guys' questions that I got. So the first one I'm going to answer is... What would be a good way, in your opinion, for someone to comfort another with trichotillomania? So, my best way, I think, for someone to comfort another with trich is to really just be open to what the person is saying. And what I'm saying that is, like, okay, you might not. This is where, like, you don't need to talk. You need to listen. Um, I love that, like, saying um, because... I think people will just look at trick and be like, oh, it's just like, you know, a bad habit. But for somebody that's struggling, they know it's something that's negatively impacting them. And that is a disorder um, because it's basically it's disorderly in your life. Like it's not allowing you to function like to your highest best self. So I think, you know, this is when a loved one needs to listen to them and what they're struggling with and let them explain to you what, you know, trichotillomania is. Um, and you know, how they can help. I think the best way to comfort, like I said, is just listening. 
Uh, the other way that I think you can comfort too is to not be judgmental of it. Um, you know, of them saying that and being like, oh, there's something wrong with you. Like, no, like being like, okay, like, you know, this is something that you have. This is not who you are. Um, and I still love you because of it. So I think, you know, even just voicing that instead of just like maybe thinking that, because I think, you know, hearing it is just, it's so, I don't want to say validating, but it is validating and it feels good to be seen. So I think, you know, the best way again to comfort someone is to listen to them and to, you know, like show them that they are seen, you know, and that you care. Uh, the next question I want to answer was coping mechanisms that I use personally. So for me personally, I use, um, lotion. Uh, I like to put that on my hands and like, I use a strong smelling lotion and that usually helps me like distract from like the urge to like pick my eyebrows and stuff. It's like just another sensory thing that helps. Um, stress balls, I also do this thing with my fingers where I go like one, two, one, two, one, two. Basically, my thumb touches everything, single finger on my hand and knows like one, two, one, you know. Uh, I do that. That's something that I can like have anywhere with me. Like I talked about in my math test, how I like automatically go to my eyebrows. Um, it helps just to do that sometimes when I'm in a rush and stuff and, you know, I don't have anything else available around me. Um, what else do I do? My one friend wanted to, she, well, she didn't want, she told me that I should try to, like, take ice cubes and put on my eyebrows, which I think would be a good idea, because, again, like, that whole sensory thing is really good when you're trying to distract from that, those, like, unhealthy urges, um, but yeah, I tend to, I just don't have an ice cube around me 24-7, <laughs> that's why I like the finger one, like, the one two one two and even the lotion, um, but yeah, that's, those are some of my coping mechanisms or skills that I, that I use that are healthier than picking up my eyebrows much healthier. Um, they're my safe skills. They, that's what I go to right away. Uh, the other question I got was, do my parents know that I have this? And if so, what are their reaction when they found out and how do they respond now? Uh, my parents are really good now. My parents did notice when I started getting like patchy areas on my eyebrows. Um, and again, like my mom started to listen to me and like allowed me to be seen, I guess you could say. Cause when it first happened, she's like, you know, she made that comment that was like, what happened? Like, you never used to do this before and everything, like, ruining your beautiful eyebrows and stuff, and, you know, made me feel bad, and then I kind of told her, and, you know, now she doesn't say those things, but she does keep me accountable and helps me, like, you know, be like, hey, don't do that, like, you know, you don't, you know what I mean, like, stop, like, you know, think, and, you know, grab one of your safety skills, and that's what I do now, and so it does help to have her accountable and, you know, have somebody that, you know, recognizes what I'm going through, but also is able to help me now instead of be judgmental about it, so yeah. And then I'm going to answer, I think, like, two more. So the other one that I had was, does this affect my relationships with teammates, friends, and or when I go to competitions? So that's interesting. Um, I like that question, actually. So teammates, no. Again, they're, like, another form of, like, um, accountability. Because they're, like, because I'm more open, I think, with my teammates and some, some of my even, like, friends. I have, like, one other friend that I think I'm completely honest with, um, but my teammates, yeah, they, they get the brunt of everything, <laughs> and, yeah, they just check me, they're, like, don't pick up your eyebrows, like, stop, and, like, yeah, just a little bit of tough love, so that's good. Um, competitions-wise, yeah, it does, I do get self-conscious about my eyebrows when I go to competition, because I get on the line, I look around me, and I'm, like, I must look like a freaking crazy person, I have half my eyebrows missing, but, you know, it's, you know, it's, 
I've learned to, again, like, accept it, but not, like, let it define me. So, yeah. The other thing, this kind of leads into the next question, the last and final question, was how did I stop using negative thoughts when it came to seeing my reflection because of trichotillomania? So, like I said, um, what previously just said was I kind of... I don't know how to say this. I just didn't really deal with, like, I just, I just had to deal with it. Like, I saw what was going on, and I was, like, with my eyebrows, and I was, like, okay, like, this is what I've been dealt with, you know, these are the consequences of what I've, you know, done, I guess you could say, and, you know, it's not who I am, but it's what I'm dealing with, and that doesn't make me someone who deserves to be, you know, you know, what do you call it, like, have so much self-hate on myself like you know what I mean like I still love myself despite me having half an eyebrow missing like that has nothing to do with my worth and you know love or you know desire I don't know not desire it has nothing to do with my worth as a human being so I just accepted it and I was like you know what I'm gonna get better but also realize this is what I've gone through and if anything it's made me stronger so yeah I hope that answered your question and next thing I'm gonna do is play the super cute um message I got from somebody that I know personally and their voice message just really made my day um and again it made me feel seen so that was good um so without further ado um I'm gonna play the the message for you I feel especially as a high school student that having a disorder such as trichotillomania is very hard and I feel like you just you go through life trying to cover it up you don't want anyone to know but I feel like Julia shows me every day small ways to just accept who you are your disorder doesn't define you, and I feel like she's just creating a very awesome way to express that. And although trichotillomania doesn't occur in many people, I feel like me knowing that there's someone else out there that does have this is very, very comforting. Thank you all for listening to this week's podcast episode. I hope you enjoy like this little, like, little mini-sode series that I'm trying to do, um, and I'm really excited to keep doing it. And I hope this episode helped people with trichotillomania um, realize that they're not alone and also help people that are, know someone that deals with this to understand it better, be able to help the person that they care about that's dealing with this more, and yeah, just overall become more knowledgeable about it. Uh, and then I also just, I want you guys to, you know, continue to spread, you know, mental health awareness and everything. I think that's just really important that you continue doing, um, whether it's through sharing my post through talking more openly about your own um, mental health, you know, concerns and stuff. Uh, Whatever little thing that you do, you think might not have a big impact, but it does. So yeah, I just wanted to, you know, say thank you and that I love you all and have a great afternoon, night, morning, whatever time of day it is. And I will see you on the next episode, uh, which will be coming next Wednesday. And maybe I think I'm going to try to do two episodes a day. Oh my gosh, I know it's kind of crazy, but um, I think I'm going to try to do a mini-sode and a regular scheduled like longer episode with a guest, um, especially since I'll be ending school soon. So yeah, um, keep prioritizing your mental health, keep spreading awareness around mental health, and just keep being you. Okay, bye.